Hello, hello, and welcome to the Awesome in Seattle podcast. This is Christian Awesome with the Awesome and Awesome Group at Wilson Realty here in Seattle, and I am joined by the rest of the Awesome and Awesome Group. We have the one and only Jason Soldariaga. As always. <laughs> Sarah Kate Davis. Hello, guys. And Charlotte, I mean, Charlotte Reynolds. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Christian, <laughs> did you say this is Christian Awesome? No. Oh, I thought I heard that. It was pretty cool. Uh, it just runs Christian into awesome. each other. It just, it always blends. Always. Loved uh, it. So today's podcast is a good one. Uh, we are going to talk about how Governor Inslee on April 24th, Friday, uh, allowed a partial opening of construction. We're going to talk about the big news with the West Seattle Bridge and how that's going to affect real estate prices in West Seattle uh, because that got closed down. And then we're just going to give you a quick recap of what we're seeing right now, boots on the ground, agents on the ground, what we're seeing in the market, how that uh, can help you as a buyer and seller in today's local market. So let's start off uh, with Jason talking about construction and uh, what is and is not allowed still. So Jason, you want to take it from here? Yeah. So as you said on Friday, Governor Inslee uh, released, I guess, phase one of a three phase to slowly reopen the construction industry Uh, with phase one. um, Only low risk projects are allowed to start. And so what does that mean to him? A low risk project is one that's an existing construction project. So nothing that's no new construction projects uh, can start. It has to be something that was already in motion and being built when the stay at home order was enacted. And it has to be only activities that workers can remain six feet apart doing. So any kind of work that requires workers to be closer than six feet apart are not allowed on phase one. They're allowed on potentially on phase two and three. And of course, there's a lot of requirements for the builders and the construction industry. So the main ones are that there has to be a dedicated safety advisor or supervisor at all sites larger than six workers. So if it's single family, like detached construction, you don't necessarily need a dedicated safety supervisor at each house. If you have more than six workers, you're going to need a supervisor dedicated to just making sure that everyone's fulfilling uh, the social distancing guidelines and keeping records of everything, which is also another thing they have to do. There's increased scrutiny on maintaining good record keeping for each job site. So who was there, when were they there, what visitors visited, at what what time. The reason for that is, um, you know, our goal as a state is to really have a system in place that allows us to do good contact tracing. And that's part of that. All staff has to be trained on COVID, COVID-19 safety and wear PPE at all times on beginning on day one. So that's, that's something that that's they're going to have to work. Yeah, they're going to yeah. have to work on training all their employees. And, and somehow find PPE. Correct. Um, <laughs> and the, exactly. Yeah. And all workers have to have their temperature checked each day and um, hand washing stations are installed are at all sites. There's more, but those are the main requirements that people are talking about. So if we see that these strategies are working over the next few weeks, um, then we can expect that these restrictions will continue to be loosened and phase two will be implemented, which will um, authorize some activities where workers 
have to be closer than six feet. Obviously, a lot of construction requires that. So that'll open up a lot of opportunities. But yeah, that's where we're at right now. I know the construction industry worked really hard over the last month or so to get to a point where they were in line with the social distancing guidelines to find a way to make this work. The real estate industry did this very quickly, um, like within the first week of the stay-at-home order. We we were able to impl- say, look, you know, we really just need to show houses, do inspections. We need to allow appraiser, appraisers to come on the property. Otherwise, most things can be done from home. This is what, how we'll do them and uh, to protect everyone. And, and the construction industry is now getting a chance to do that. So it's exciting to see. Yeah, I know I have a client that's buying a new construction house. And, I mean, things are just on an indefinite hold and uh, heard from them uh on friday after this was announced by governor inslee and they're like okay well this is great news but we still don't know exactly what that means uh we have to connect with all of our contractors and see you know do they have staff still that is uh, ready to go or do they have to rehire everybody do they they don't have the ppe they gotta i mean there's a lot of steps that have to happen before they can even get going so it's uh it's interesting interesting times just like everything else you got to be nimble you got to be willing and able to you know go with the flow in this in this situation so i mean it's it's a good positive uh move i hope that um everyone plays by by the rules so that they can open it up even more with phase two out of out of three um so that we can get things moving so Amen. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Kate, a current West Seattle resident. What is happening yes, with the West Seattle bridge closure? How, how's that going? What's, what's the, what's the opinion of the people in your land known as West Seattle? Oh, God. I feel like I could talk about this forever and ever, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there really are, to West Seattle's, if you will, you can mm-hmm. break it up into Northwest Seattle and Southwest Seattle mm-hmm. and the Southwest Seattle market and the people that are living here aren't as affected as the people that are living in Northwest Seattle yeah. because they rely more heavily on the West Seattle bridge to get downtown into I-5 yeah. where the I North live, Seattle people do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And where I live in the south of West Seattle, mm-hmm. we have 509 that's easily accessible that will take us to I-5 or downtown. 509, so, also um, known as the most underutilized freeway in all of Seattle. Oh, I love it. Jamming on 509 every day. Mm-hmm. Going to going to meet clients. But um, it's it's really easy for me. Like it, it, I wouldn't take the West Seattle Bridge anyway, so yeah. it's not really affecting us on this end too much. And I think that... Um, as far as the market's concerned, I think people are, you know, freaking out a little bit. And the reason is there's not really any answers right now. Mm-hmm. You know, the West Seattle Bridge opened in 84 and was supposed to have a 75-year lifespan. And we're not going to get there. <laughs> so <laughs> 36 years later, it's dead. And it cost $150 million. So, Jeez. yeah, pretty crazy. And the bridge carried nearly 100,000 vehicles and 25,000 transit riders per day every day that's crazy yes and they're saying around 62,500 people left west seattle each day 
to commute to work, mm-hmm. either downtown or North Seattle. And those same people come back every day. So it's, it's a main thoroughfare and people really depend on it to get to work. Yeah. So I think it's going to affect, you know, some people that have to go downtown that were really living in the Northwest Seattle or were looking to move. So I think that the North West Seattle market might cool off a little bit. I know that uh, Seattle is trying to work to possibly add another Elliott Bay water taxi to service, you know, West Seattle to downtown commuters. But right Mm -hmm. now that taxi only carries a little over 270 people. Yeah. So, I mean, that's if you think about that. 20,000 a day. (laughs) Exactly. So if you think about those numbers, we're still at a deficit, but you know, they're trying to ramp up public transit, but you know, while we're in COVID, they don't really have good numbers suggesting the the next best move for them as far as getting people um, to downtown in North Seattle from West Seattle. Yep. I mean, that said, I could see long-term, I think anyone mm -hmm. that's in West Seattle that wants to stay in West Seattle, if you're living somewhere long-term, uh, exactly. You're not trying to move. This isn't really going to affect you too much, uh, price-wise, real estate prices-wise. Because once they have a solution and it's opened back up, it's. I don't think that's going to be that big of a difference. I agree. Um, I think long-term ownership is the ultimate goal here. Yeah. You know, and people, people love West Seattle so much, and they don't really leave West Seattle for anything except that's for work. True. I mean, you have yeah. your grocery stores, you have your cute boutiques, you have bars, restaurants, coffee shops. You have all of that here in West Seattle already feels like such an island. <laughs> yep. Exactly. So um, I, I don't know how much it's going to impact the housing market. Like I said, except for people that maybe are living in that Northwest Seattle corridor that really, you know, that they commute downtown every day. But that being said, after this whole Corona thing, I think people are going to be working from home a lot more often. And I, agree. I think companies are going to figure out how to have their employees work from home. So a lot of things are up in the air right now as far as how it's going to affect the housing market. I think that maybe people that were priced out or found West Seattle to be a little competitive, maybe they'll come back to the West Seattle market because it may be getting a little less competitive due to the West Seattle bridge closure. I 100% agree. I mean, there were numerous offers on any good house that came on the market, just like the rest of Seattle. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's going to most likely, I mean, we haven't seen the data yet, but most likely that's going to cool off a little bit as people try to figure out what's going to happen and how they're going to, you know, get people in and out. Um, But I see it. I don't see it like having some drastic impact. I had clients, I had clients the night that this happened text me numerous clients that are West Seattle residents that have helped buy there and some were freaking out and others were just like, yeah, what do you think is going to happen? We don't really know. And I mean, I basically said pretty much what you're saying is I don't think it's going to have a huge, huge impact on prices. People that are living in West Seattle generally love it and don't need to, or want to leave if they don't have to. And then lastly, with all this coronavirus stuff and everyone working from home anyway, I, I think most employers are going to be very open, much more than they ever were before, to allowing people to work from home. So um, I, don't, I don't see a huge, huge impact uh, 
on, on that. If anything, it's just going to be a little bit less competitive, like you said. Exactly. And I think that it might be a good market for investors to jump just because if things really pan out how we'd like them to pan out, the new construction of a West Seattle bridge will also carry mm-hmm. the light rail. And that would be yeah. a huge game changer. And that is right now tentatively set to open March, um, not March, sorry, um, 2030. Yeah. So, so that would be a huge, huge plus. Yes. I mean, it's almost a, a blessing in disguise. Hopefully it turns into a blessing in hopefully. disguise long term. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Yeah. We'll see, but hopefully. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Charlotte, what, what is going on in the market? What are you seeing? I know you're out there every day, just like Sarah, Kate, and Jason. Uh, but what are you seeing? What's going on? Yeah, it's interesting to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, it's either, you know, competitive. Things that are getting listed right now are very competitive. Um, but then there was that weird, you know, kind of uh, time frame when we were non-essential. Mm-hmm. So we saw definitely a drop in listings there while that was all being sorted out. Um, so if it, depending on when it was listed within the last few weeks or so, it's either, you know, selling immediately or it's been sitting on the market for a few weeks. Yeah. I think uh, yeah. we've had two different clients that houses that were listed, you know, right after we were listed as essential and before, uh, photographers and stagers were allowed to do anything. Um, that's when agents had to take their own photos and do things like that. And, uh, mm-hmm. that those homes that were listed right then in that small, you know, 10 to 14 day window seem to be sitting and you can get a deal. I mean, we'll see what happens, but I know one of our clients got a deal on, on a place that was like that. Cause it just didn't look great online. Cause the, listing agent had to take the photos themselves yeah i've seen that as well in regards to the pictures Mm -hmm. um and you know i had a situation where we did have a listing that had been on for about three weeks and we go and view it and then the next thing we know they have two other offers in hand you know with ours as well so um again it's very case-by-case basis um and it's almost like a tale of two markets as we were seeing like a few months ago mm-hmm. um again depending on when those homes were put on the market in regards to you know all the changes with the stay-at-home order and yeah. essential and non-essential businesses yeah. the other thing i've noticed too is that um you know, review dates are still very much a thing, mm-hmm. um, but it's been interesting. I've had uh, two houses for the same client in the last week uh, where the sellers took an offer before the review date. So that's an interesting question. What, you know, where are the sellers heads at with this thing? And I think a lot of them are, you know, freaked out by what's happening in the market. They're unsure of the future. So, you know, they're getting a solid offer, maybe a little bit over the asking price you know, pretty much straight out of the gate after getting it listed. And maybe they're just afraid that they won't get something else or not something as good. Um, so that's kind of my thought process there. I don't know if you guys had any other inclinations about why sellers might be taking offers early. Uh, no, I a hundred percent agree. I think it's, it's all about their mindset. Um, some sellers, they just don't know what's going on and, and depending on their agent, uh, they could be getting either good or bad advice advice on that. And sometimes mm-hmm. they're just taking any old offer that comes in before the offer review date. Um, it's, it's interesting. It's a, if they truly understood the market, I don't think they would generally do that unless it was an offer that was great and had no contingencies at all. 
um, yeah. then maybe that's something to consider. But I mean, if there's any contingencies in there, it's like, well, if you wait a few days, the market's strong enough that you'll probably get an offer without them. So mm-hmm. it's, it's an inter- interesting uh, situation for sure. What I've been telling people, and Christian is, has been harping on this for the last couple of weeks, is just be able to be nimble and move quickly and do something. If you see something come on the market, my advice is don't sit around and wait three days to see it. Let's get out and see it um, because either it has a review date um, and, you know, we want to be able to get in and, and pre-inspect and all that stuff, or, you know, they might take something early. So my biggest advice is if you want to go out and see something, let's get you out as soon as possible to see it to make sure that you have you know, the, the biggest chance of, you know, being able to do something and getting the house. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's a crazy market right now. It's moving quick, uh, generally multiple offers and generally for over the asking price. So, um, don't, don't wait. Um, and we've seen numerous houses that come on the market that don't initially have an offer review date. And then mm-hmm. they get an offer immediately, and then they get two other people that say, "Hey, we're going to make an offer too." And then they're like, "Oh, well, never mind. We are going to add an offer review date on there." So we've seen that on numerous occasions too over the last week or two. So yep. it's a it's an interesting interesting market for sure. I mean, it's slightly hard to predict, but uh, as long as you're paying attention and you're willing to move quickly, it seems like you can. Uh, you can potentially get some deals or at least, you know, get a house. So they're, they're out there. Um, I mean, I don't know long-term how many listings we're going to see compared to where we were at last year. Um, The data hasn't come out yet. I know for March before this really all happened, we actually had about the same as, as last year. Um, But once the data comes out for April, once this real stay at home order was truly in place, I think we're going to see some pretty dramatic uh, decreases in listing numbers. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean too much. I mean, we were all stuck at home. There was a week where we weren't even able to be real estate agents and do anything other than virtually. Um, and there was a lot of uncertainty. So time will tell just like everything else in real estate. It always moves slow. There's a, mm-hmm. uh, it just takes time to really figure out what's going on. You can't really jump to conclusions. You can only try to interpret what's happening and in at the moment and, and kind of forecast how that's going to affect things moving forward for our clients. So I think we've been doing a good job of that um, and keeping people up to date on, on what's happening and, and what to expect. For sure. Uh, any tips we can give anybody on, on how to, uh, handle buying in this market in terms of you know how to how to spot a deal or not yeah i mean i think you we kind of touched upon this right now every situation's a little different mm-hmm. every listing's a little different sometimes there are those that are sitting i was talking to clients yesterday at a house um, about this something sitting for 40 days doesn't necessarily mean much about the property at all. It could have nothing to do with the property. Worse yet, uh, if something like went pending inspection and came back um, or went pending and came back on uh, line after that, a lot of buyers, they instantly aren't interested in that house and it'll sit for months and months on end. And it could be as simple as um, the buyer lost their job 
and couldn't mm-hmm. buy the house. It has it could have nothing to do with the sellers. In fact, it could be a positive because it demonstrates they accepted an offer that was a little weaker, maybe than you would expect them to accept. So, yep. uh, you know, I think that's definitely one aspect to it. Also, I think us agents were scrambling day by day to make things work for our clients. And sometimes that forces agents to put listings on with photos and that sort of thing that aren't really of the quality that we would normally get. Um, And like we talked about this already, we're seeing that on occasion as well. And it doesn't necessarily have much to do with the house itself at all. It could be very much about the situation. So I think that's important. Yeah. I know that uh, yesterday I just looked at homes that had been on the market for at least 14 days and older just to see if I could spot some deals here and there. And um, I ended up, you know, finding a couple potential that could work for clients and shot it over to them. And they were like, oh, yeah, this could this could work. The photos don't look great, but I see why you said this might be a good one. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's another tactic of, of how to do this right now. Uh, you gotta be a little smarter than the average bear and, and, uh, and, you know, think outside the box a little bit. So cool. Well, uh, that is it for this episode. I hope you got a lot out of it. If at any time you have any questions about buying or selling in this market, uh, we are more than happy to meet up virtually, uh, or face to face, um, if you'd like, but virtually is pretty much what everyone's doing right now. Um, we have all the tech tools that enable us to do that. Uh, so yeah, if you are interested in all in chatting and just trying to get a feel for what's going on and how that affects your current situation, we are here to help. Uh, it's very, very simple to reach out to us. In fact, you can just schedule an appointment right online on our website awesomenawesome.com forward forward slash schedule. I cannot say that word very well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, it's very easy. You can just go to our website, awesomenawesome.com forward slash (laughs) schedule uh, or just click on the tab at the top and uh, find a time to talk with us. So that is it for us. Thank you very much for listening and uh, stay safe. We'll talk soon. Bye. Thank you all. Bye. Thank you.